Blog Talk Radio. Getting on top. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We're here Tuesdays, typically from 4 to 4.30, but uh, today we're broadcasting from 5.30 to 6, and we may go a little over the uh, time today, um, maybe another 10 minutes. It's an interesting discussion. And we broadcast from the southern, southern Hudson Valley region, New York State, which is the northern suburbs of New York City, right above just west of the Tappan Zee Bridge. And uh, we have a call-in number. If someone would like to ask a question, is kind of a universal topic today. Um, and that call-in number is 1347-215-9456. Someone has a question or comment for me or my guest. And um, the uh, subject today is if God exists, why is there so much suffering in the world? And uh, how often have people's beliefs in God hinged on the question of how a God of love and compassion could allow so much pain, suffering, and evil to exist in the world? And no doubt, even those of faith must wonder at times, especially in times like these, how and why an all-powerful God would permit such extreme horrors being inflicted on good people and especially the helpless and innocent of the world. Today uh, on the show, my guest Penny Cohen and I will endeavor to answer these questions, and we certainly invite people uh, to call in with your viewpoints and uh, participate in the discussion. Uh, Penny Cohen is a licensed clinical social worker, transformational psychotherapist, relationship counselor, and author of the book, Personal Kabbalah, 32 Paths to Inner Peace and Life Purpose. And before I uh, before I get my guest on, I just want to mention uh, one of the reasons why I picked this topic, is I've been hearing so much, you know, through my lifetime about people's belief in God actually hinging on the fact that you know there's so much suffering in the world, and how could a you know how can God a God exist and allow that? I've been hearing it forever, and the thing that triggered uh, this program was I was uh, interested in uh, I, I'm interested in near death experiences. I've re- read a number of books about it, and there was one that came out recently from a, a doctor who interviewed like a few thousand people named God and the Afterlife. And in looking at the book, I saw a review, the first review. And in the review, the uh, person gave actually a low, uh, not a good uh, response. And and he said it wasn't because the book wasn't good, but just that he, he was an agnostic, maybe, uh, a non-believer. And even though the book was fairly convincing, he still couldn't. Uh, bring himself to believe in the existence of God just because 
there is so much suffering in the world. So that that uh, gave me the impetus to uh, to have a program on the topic. So hopefully, maybe uh, if that person is listening, we can convince him otherwise uh, uh, about God's existence. So, Penny, hi, you there? I am here. Okay. Nice to be on your what show, say you? Paul. What say What me? say you about uh, if God suffering. exists with so much suffering in this world? So, how do you right. answer that? Gentlemen's, uh, you know, concern and 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 a lot of people. In three are, words, something's quite popular. Right. No, well, you have uh, think, you have a few minutes again. Okay, I think thought. the big thing is to try to determine what or who God is, and most people think of God as the Bible with the. Got the God in the in the Bible with the white robe and beard watching over who rewards and punishes. And I don't believe in that type of God. I believe that God is an energy of love and wisdom, and we can access that energy. I don't believe God is a savior. I don't believe God makes things better or worse for us. I think of God in the terms of capital G period, capital O period, capital C period, the acronym of grand organizing design, meaning that God is a life force and our life force. I mean, if you just think of nature even, we need air, we need sun, we need water, we need earth to fuel us and that's part of the God energy and when we think in those terms the suffering comes from us not from God if we're suffering inside then we tend to perceive everybody else suffering or we end up seeing all the suffering in the world if we feel better about ourselves inside then we perceive things a little more positively. Or if we do see people suffering, we have more strength to help them. And so when I think of God, <laughs> one time I made an announcement to a large, uh, an audience of about 100 people, and I said, I believe I am God. And I look up and say, right, God? And they looked at me like I was nuts because I believe we do communicate with a greater power, with a force of energy, and that it's up to us to harness and direct the love energy and bring that forth and express it in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't disagree with you on anything you're saying. Certainly, uh as far as uh, specifically, uh, you know, why there is suffering, I I will answer that as far as uh, my understanding is concerned. I believe uh, we were created by God, uh, you know, certainly in what they call intelligent design. And in this design and in this purpose of coming here 
the other side, call it heaven, if you will, most people do, the other side, heaven, uh, everything is, is heavenly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there is no suffering and so on. And there's unity and oneness and beauty and, and peace and love. But we, you know, we, we, uh, we agree to come here in order to grow and to change and to grow spiritually and we agree to come into this this uh four dimensional world three physical dimensions and time and um so we go from a place of unity to a place of duality and the world uh, the physical world is a place of duality and why i believe it's duality is because duality creates conflict good and evil for instance <laughs> That's one duality. Duality means not only two, but exactly opposite. And in fact, it's just my personal opinion and and theory that everything exists in this in our physical universe has its opposite and equal. And nothing could exist without the opposite. Uh, at any rate, but since we have duality, duality creates conflict. Conflict creates suffering, and the purpose of suffering is it makes us change, hopefully. And uh, I think that's why there's suffering, because it's necessary, unfortunately. Don't blame me for it, folks. I'm just telling you what I believe I understand. <laughs> okay, I didn't create it or invent it. Not my idea. I'm just reporting what I think I see. And uh, because of suffering, people change. And uh, hopefully change for the better and grow from that change. Unfortunately, some of the suffering is unbelievable and horrendous and, you know, uh, just just horrible. I've been fortunate in my life not to experience so much of it. Some, many people have been much less fortunate. But there it is. And uh, the reason why, as far as I understand or could figure out, why... Uh, God does not uh, intervene is because, you know, it's kind of an agreement. Things go on down here, and God only intervenes in very special cases. And otherwise, if he, she, he, God intervened all the time, things wouldn't play out the way they have to play out, okay? And uh, the process wouldn't work that way. But there is a time... And the time often when God intervenes is when we have what's called prayer. Sometimes our prayers are answered. Sometimes they're not, depending upon the wisdom of, you know, God and uh, God's, you know, uh, underlings, whether or not it's part of our mission or, or, you know, what's right for the situation that maybe the prayer should be answered or not. So that's why it's there. Unfortunately, uh, change is painful. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the radio once uh, a little while back, and there was this man who wrote a book, um, and he made a movie about it. He was a uh, from India, and he's a movie maker. Not popular movies, but, you know, uh, those are the independent films. And he made a, a, a story about himself. He had an addiction. Not, sounds a little 
strange, but he had an addiction, sexual addiction. And he went through a couple of marriages because he couldn't stop going to prostitutes. And that would ruin his marriage. He couldn't control himself. And then finally, he got himself together and he, he, he overcame it. And uh, the interviewer said, well, why did you change? He said, and these words literally, I suffered enough. And that's what caused me to change. So there was, an, you know, it just hit me. I was in the car listening. It just hit me. I suffered enough. So the suffering, in this case, def- directly brought, around, brought about a change for him. And he got himself together, and he was able to have a, re- a sustained relationship with a woman. And so, you know, that's that's my thoughts on, you know, why, uh, you know, why there is suffering, unfortunately. Okay, Penny. <laughs> well, what do you say? I think I think all suffering comes, as you said, from duality, but it's really separation from the divine, separation from oneness. When we close our hearts, and this is what we have to learn how to do again. In other words, the minute something goes wrong, your mother yells at you, she's not there when you're hungry and want uh, nourishment. We close off a little bit of ourselves and we formulate beliefs about ourselves. If mom's not around to feed me, I must not be good enough. And then we make a decision about how we're going to live our lives. Oh, I'm going to be strong and do everything on my own. And nobody's going to tell me what to do. And therefore, we live our lives always being strong, never allowing ourselves to get help or to receive. And after a while, we begin to suffer because we feel all alone. And um, what we need to learn how to do from a psychological perspective is to learn to get in touch with these beliefs and decisions that become unconscious. And we can do it through meditation. We can do it through tapping. We can do it through muscle testing. We can do it through a process I developed called internal inquiry. And going into the feeling states and asking what this reminds us of from the past. And an image might come up of you waiting all alone after school for your mother to pick you up and she's late. And that's where you'll come not important. And so we have to get in touch with these unconscious thoughts about other people. Mom doesn't care about me. Uh, The belief that I'm not good enough. The decision might be I have to do everything right so people will love me. And these thoughts, feelings, and beliefs actually rule us. And if we had these beliefs that I'm not good enough, everybody in our adult life will begin to either begin to treat us like we're not good enough or we'll perceive them seeing us as not being good enough or not respecting us. And so 
The suffering comes from what we do to ourselves. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually work with a, a, a woman who had that exact problem. <laughs> used to come late to pick her up, and she 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 felt she wasn't loved. And she actually mm-hmm. had a, a... So, I mean, exactly what you said. And I think also, you know, we, as you say, part... Part of um, our challenge, if you will, is to create more of a heaven on earth kind of thing and get in touch with that better side of ourselves, like the devil and the angel on each shoulder. You know, there's always that war that, again, the duality here. We have the war going on between the good side of us, which is our soul nature, and the ego nature which is the, uh, you know, materialistic and, you know, uh, greedy and perhaps mean side of us that just thinks of ourselves and wants to just, you know, get ahead and and, uh, regardless of what happens to other people. I think often, as you say, when we give in to that ego aspect uh, of our existence uh, and disregard the uh, better aspect of ourselves, you know, it seems to be like a, a spiraling down, you know. It just feeds on itself. And we th- and, and when things don't go right, we think we're not doing it good enough. So we try harder to be meaner and to accumulate more power or money or both. And it just feeds on itself and gets worse and worse and worse until oftentimes we, we uh, create a crisis in our lives and hit bottom and then you know start re re you know reappraising what's you know what's happening or we have a good therapist that, like you who could help guide us you know in the right direction i'm sure people come in and just say i'm lost right, right. i've worked right. all my sure. life and i accumulated and i made all this money and i'm so successful i thought that's what my parents wanted or my father wanted and blah, 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 why am I so miserable? Right? Right. I have a lot of clients like that, multi-millionaires feeling very, very um, unfulfilled internally, not feeling joy. What do you tell them? And, well, uh, to make a long story short, it's about learning, like you said, bringing heaven on earth, it's about learning how to open our hearts to receive love. And most people don't know how to do that. Or they're, I'd rather say they're resistant to doing it because they're afraid of being hurt. Meaning if we were hurt in childhood of two kids playing together and not wanting to play with us on the playground, a little piece of our heart gets closed off. And we have to learn how to open it again. Unconsciously, we think that protects us, keeping our hearts closed, when actually it hurts us even more because it's keeping us disconnected from that divine state. And we can learn how to open our hearts but set boundaries verbally instead of closing our hearts to protect ourselves. 
And a lot of it is learning how to communicate by standing up for ourselves assertively but not aggressively or even set boundaries and be okay with saying no without feeling guilt. So Um, what do these people think is the problem? What do these people think think is the problem? Yeah, well, why do they think things have gone wrong? Because they did everything they thought they were supposed to. So what do they well, think is the They must think the, something's the way, going on. The way I describe it is you did everything through force. You were determined that you were going to make it on your own. You were going to be wealthy. And you were going to show your parents that you are good. You're great. I said, but you didn't learn how to do it through flow and through love. And that's why you don't feel joy inside and um, you had said something before about God intervening I believe that we do communicate with the higher power and when we set an intention but let go of the tension the fear that we're not going to get what we're asking for or the doubt, self-doubt that we might have. When we set an intention and let go of the self-doubt and fear, that's when we see miracles happening. And I do see that as divine intervention. Yes, yes. Yes, but I think also we carry God's spirit within us. So well, in a I sense, believe. we we create. We 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 are able to create if we come from a, the right place, and our intentions are correct, and it's consistent with our our, our you know our goals of being here. We can create something, you know. Right now, see, I think of carrying quote unquote the sins of the fathers, like in the right. Bible, Abraham was told to leave the land of thy fathers and go into thy own and I will help you. And leaving to me, leaving the land of the fathers is letting go of ancestral lineage influences. And we just had a show on that recently. That just like medical conditions are passed down from generation to generation, so are psychological conditions. And we can learn by getting in touch with our bodies and doing some internal inquiry to feel what's going on in our bodies and ask, whose energy is this? And very often we'll come up with an energy of a deceased grandparent who we may never have met, maybe one of their siblings, and we can work on freeing that energy. And when we do feel free, we feel much more open to that divine light and love. And that, to me, is what the goal is. That's the mm-hmm. lessons. Mm-hmm. The lessons yeah. are <clears throat> where have we closed off from love and how can we open up again? So... Okay, and getting back to the the top, you know, the topic. So, suffering differences. We all have a different path, and you know, we all 
suffer more or less in different ways for whatever reason. I have no idea. Everybody's different. You know, um, uh, I guess, you know, we agreed upon before we came here. I mean, that memory is wiped out when I'm born, so I don't know. I don't remember what I agreed. You know, I could guess that I had to overcome certain uh you know things uh, feelings or attitudes that i had in previous lives and so on and that was probably uh part of my lessons that i had to learn but everyone has a different path there's no one path and uh you know people have to uh, have to just try to be open to understand what it is you know, there's no general answer. Everybody has a different one. If you go inside and be open to yourself and be honest with yourself, oftentimes it'll come to you what it is you need to learn. If you really, but you got to be honest with yourself. You, you know, you have to really say, you know, not uh, try to close yourself down and not and not, you know, be open to your feelings. Once you start opening up. Things will things will start flowing for you, and you'll 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 get an idea what's what's going on. Um, it's funny when I I talk about you know th- things from other lifetimes, I always had a fear of swords, you know, like someone was gonna stick a sword in my gut. You know, I, I don't know why it's irrational, <laughs> but I you know I was working with some healer, and he saw. That in a past life I died from a sword wound in that spot, so that's why I was so sensitive to it. So those things, at least in my personal experience, does uh, have merit. Um, So uh, we're getting uh, close to the thirty-minute show time. So what would you uh, what would you recommend, uh, Penny? Uh, again, for people, uh, you know, how, look, we're all going to suffer. It's just the way of the world. And if you're here, you have something to work on. And unfortunately, again, the way often we work things out is by suffering. The suffering is a way, like a squeaky wheel, we spoke about this in the earlier show, to get our attention, to bring our attention to it. And hopefully if we suffer enough, we would change. And I will say this with people. If you're afraid of change, please do, because once you do, it goes away to suffering for the most part. And if you don't, you may go through another lifetime and have to suffer all over again and again and again until you finally, you know, come around to dealing with the issue. So why not just get it over with? It's not so bad once you do it. I know I've I've gone through a number of uh, a number of things that I've dealt with, and it's a lot better after you've had the courage to deal with them. And so that's my last words. What do you? What parting well, words do you, you have? Basic, you basically summed it up. I do believe all suffering is psychological, and that uh-huh. the primary thing is to look into yourself, go within, be honest with yourself, and. You know, the word change sounds so threatening to people. Mm. Really, what you need to change is just your thoughts, release your feelings, 
and learn how to communicate in a way where you can express yourself and get your needs met. And when we do get our needs met, there's no longer suffering. Yes. And and, and one other term I would use that's really at the crux of the whole thing is courage. You need It takes courage to change. I mean, there's no question about it. But once you do, God, and you get through it and you're on the other side, it's like, wow. You know, that's my experience. So it's worth it. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Penny, for, uh, for participating in the discussion today. I know you had uh, some extra s- circumstances to overcome and to participate. Thank you, uh, audience, for listening. <laughs> you, didn't, so, uh, you feel better now. <laughs> you had the courage thank to you, call me from wherever you were. Uh, we'll be back next week, folks. And uh, thanks for listening. If uh, you want to find out more about Penny Cohen, uh, she had to get off the air. Uh, you can find her at www.pennycohen.com. That's P-E-N-N-Y-C-O-H-E-N.com. And uh, Penny drop is not on the air anymore, but from personal experience, she's the uh, best psychotherapist I've ever had the pleasure to uh, work with and uh, I would recommend anyone who is interested in getting help to talk to Penny. My specialty is depression. If someone would like to find out more about that, what it really is and how you can really help yourself to uh, to heal from it, uh, you can check me out at depressivesanonymous.com dot org or dot com that's depressives anonymous dot org or dot com and uh, thanks for listening and we're going to go out to Freight Train Freddy you can check out ftfcreation.com that's ftf as in Freight Train Freddy creation.com to find out about this children's rhyming book and get it for Christmas or for uh, Hanukkah uh, for any uh, celebration at the end of the year. And um, uh, Peter Tizone sings the song and wrote the song, and and he also is the illustrator of the book. You can see his beautiful pictures and see some of my, uh, read some of my rhyming, uh, uh, rhyming verse at that uh, location. Take care. We'll go out to Freight Tray Freddy. He was up each morning with the dawn Because he knew his daily run was long and hard And he had to be ready ready. To get his freight train down down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect And was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy
The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy's. 